0: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online access to licensed counselors around the globe. If something in your life is making you feel stuck or you feel blocked from happiness, now is a great time to try therapy online. All you have to do is fill out a quick online survey and they'll match you with a counselor within 48 hours. And if you don't like that counselor for any reason, you can switch to a different person free of charge. To try better help and also really help out this show, head to trybetterhelp.com slash me for 10% off your first month of therapy. Thanks! Help Me Be Me is self-help for people who hate self-help. Hosted by me, Sarah May. What I talk about on this show is my personal opinion, and it's not a substitute for professional help. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this is based on the tools I use in my own life. Take what helps and leave the rest. If you're really suffering, call 911 or your local emergency services. friends, it's Sarah Mae. This is an episode. It's a power up episode, and it's all about creativity and inspiration and movement. And by power up, I mean it's a shorter episode that's not a what, why, and how. I it's pretty much a a reflection. And and then I go into a lot of tools. So this is for anybody that is in need of some I guess some creative energizing. And I say that because creativity is an energy. It's a mystical substance that is, in a literal sense, our animation. It is a fountain of love and passion and drive and fun. And we all must foster it. And it brings us life. So I want to bring you all some magic and fire this week. And I'm posting this for anyone who is experiencing burnout and is in search of their own origin, kind of your, your ember. If you're need some soul fertility, (laughs) put it that way, because creativity is also play. It does not need to be useful, nor should it be. It does not need to be popular or understood um, or like everybody else's. And in most cases, the soul yearns for an expression that is deeply original. It is rewarding, and it brings us joy. Our ego is what wants something recent or similar or shiny, you know? We want those badges of success, of likeness. So just a heads up, in this episode, I have a lot of quotes from... Clarissa Pincola Estes, PhD, who is a post-trauma recovery specialist, psychoanalyst, mestiza Latina, and just a brilliant, amazing poet, thinker, person, young Ian. Anyway, one of, I'm going to pepper in a couple of my favorite things that she has said in various works and interviews, one of which is, the creative life is an ecosystem, too, and often at its best- when it's allowed to flow, to stream, to move in large and small ways, the way mountains move and change and are home to many, the way rivers flow and create and nourish many. And I really want you to picture this because it's very true. We are an ecosystem and our person is an ecosystem. And when we are blocked or we do not feel safe and secure and valid, we can be hindered on our own ability to flow, in our ability to to release, to create, or even just to speak as ourselves. Like our actual voice can get stuck in us. I don't know if you, you've you had that experience where you're <laughs> like, when you have words that just can't, they can't get out smoothly. That's like a, a version of being lo- blocked, you know, and we can get into these states where parts of us are blocked, including... Our own ability to just think freely, move freely. And that happens when we feel like what we have to say isn't good enough, or that it's, we start to scrutinize it before it can even come out. You know, we start to judge it by default. We start judging little internal parts of ourselves. Another quote that is, I think accurate. (laughs) I was trying to write it down while I was driving, which is never a good idea. This is another Clarissa Pinkola Estes quote. Deep at the center of the psyche is an ember that can be fanned back into a blaze with just a breath blown upon it. We all have this inside us. We have this ember. And life kind of wears on it and teaches us to hide it, to cover it, because it's so sensitive. And when we have this fragile self, this artist self, I use artists to mean all selves. It's not, I'm not just talking about people who paint or whatever. We're all artists in our origin. When we have this fragile self, the go-to is, is shame. It's a feeling of needing to hide or camouflage. But you in your core are a Play-Doh factory of spirit and joy. <laughs> you are, that is who you are just by your nature. So if you are burned out, I want to offer you this. There is an ebb and flow to creativity, and life and creating are a series of expansions and contractions. But we need both. We need both stages, just like we need seasons. We need that birth and death, and then there's a rebirth. It's a a cycle. I have another quote for you from, also while driving, paraphrased, pretty accurately, I think, quote from Parker J. Palmer, who is a uh, an author, Quaker, and activist. His quote is, nature uses devastation to stimulate new growth. Wholeness means embracing brokenness as a, as a sustaining factor of life. Use devastation as a seedbed for new life. So this is, I think, the, a great way to frame the feeling of burnout and the feeling of our creativity drying up, you know, I've personally have been feeling very burnt out lately. And for me, it was a relief to recognize it because it shows up in your experience as a loss of meaning. So the things that formerly fa- you found energizing might now feel pointless and like they will drain you. You might catch yourself saying, Oh, but why, why should I do this? Or, but everyone has already seen that. Everyone's already done that. It's things like that that feel limiting and hopeless. Feel, everything can feel trivial or just like it'll take so much more effort. So if you can relate, fear not. For this is the beginning of a journey. And the journey itself is what rejuvenates. It is the breaking up of soil so that you may plant a tree. Or in my case, some cosmos when we feel stumped or barren it is not that it is gone it's not that our creativity has is left it's it's lost in our unconscious it's hiding deep inside us it's just inaccessible for right now and what we must do is search inward and it is the actual process of searching inward of returning to this regenerative restorative, um, invitational, allowing, I think that's the word I want, the state of allowance. That is what becomes the juice or the fertilizer for our boundless creativity. And the creativity that comes from deep inside of us is our truest and most singular talent. But it's almost like it, it requires... Safety a sense of safety and um, if I keep picturing like these tiny little sprouts those tiny little sprouts that you see when a plant starts to grow they're so delicate we just we have to get to that stage allowing things to come forth and that is why it's so important to be gentle and respectful of yourself right now. This is the the stage you're in so if you're if you've been feeling like the lack of meaning, A loss of meaning, and that state of feeling bereft, I just want you to take note. Maybe you are in that stage of burnout where you must now go on your journey to invite new rebirth of creativity to come forth. With that, I have many tools for you in this creative inspiration movement episode. All right, the first one I'm calling Safe Den. So I'm going to picture like a bear's den, a cave, a warm and comfy cave. When we get burned out or stressed out, or we feel like we have nothing more to give, we contract, we feel a void, and then we constrict further. But as I said, nature is a cycle of scarcity and abundance. And humans, when we get to that scarcity stage, we, we feel like um, everything is limited You know, we start to feel like we have to covet and protect and hide and not share because we think nothing better is going to come along. We start to cling. And that process of clinging is what contracts us further. We start to treat scarcity as the law of life. But abundance, if you think about it, is the opposite energy. It's it's something that is welcoming and open and freely giving. But we can only do that when we have a sense of safety, when we have a feeling of connection to others, and we also are feeling authentic, um, in ourselves. But in order to do that, we have to really foster and deliberately, um, build a sense of safety and community and groundedness for ourselves. So I just want you to picture your, whatever situation you are in your life Mentally imagine yourself building a, a safe den, a, a place that is comfortable for yourself in an emotional sense. Right now you have to treat yourself gently and allow your creative selves to emerge, including in who you keep company with, including the type of energy you welcome into your life, the type of feedback you welcome from others. Um, negative feedback is so damaging to the psyche just in, in a creative sense. And especially when something is coming from a very genuine place, it can be so just deeply damaging and it can stick with you. So I think right now when we're in this, we're building our little seedbed stage, it's really important, create that community of kind and welcoming energy around you and, and be very gentle in how you treat yourself and respect your own feelings of fatigue or sadness or Longing, whatever it is, create a space that is full of love for your emotional being to rest in. All right, next tool uh, is a shout out to the kinks and this is the anthem for this episode I'm not like everybody else. apologize for, <laughs> for the trash truck that's in the background. very contrasting to this topic, very mechanical. <laughs> machine outside. Um, okay. I'm not like everybody else. So much comes from when we can reframe the stuff we are working through in life. In many ways, that's half the battle. It's, it's more than half the battle. It's like seeing that there's actually an opening in the fence that we could just walk through and that we don't in fact have to keep attempting to jump it. So with that, right now I'm handing you a new frame for your existing thinking. So I wanted to bring this up in in terms of reframing your understanding of the impact of culture on you and how the adoption of a shared value system and shared sameness can create inner conflict that is unknown to you where you might feel like you should like what everyone else likes that there is something inherently valuable about liking what everybody else likes. Um, my really trivial, (laughs) in many ways, meaningless example for this is, um, Game of Thrones. (laughs) I wish I chose a more heartfelt example. Game of Thrones is a TV show. I didn't like, I don't like that show. I, and, but at a time everybody was obsessed with it and I just kept trying to like it. I was like, why don't I like the show? I just, I should like the show. I think I watched like, I want to say I watched two seasons. <laughs> I was like, I will like the show. And I'm like, wait, why am I doing this? I don't have to like the show. I just don't like it. Don't, doesn't appeal to me at all. We all have versions of this where we have these inner conflicts or we feel lesser somehow or sad. Maybe we feel lonely. Um, we feel al- alienated by what is popular and what we actually want. And when those things don't align, it can make you feel like I should just try and like the other thing. I should just try and like Game of Thrones. But the short answer is no, you should definitely not like what everyone else likes because you should like what you like. You should embrace what it is you like. Because in my opinion, if you strive to see the value in what others you know, think is the best thing in the world, you are in many ways telling yourself, I'm what I think is not as good. And if there's anything that all leaders share in common, it is the trust and investment in the validity and the value of their thoughts and beliefs and values. What I would like to offer you is instead, strive to see the value in what others put forth—that it—that is from their self. So even if you find it abhorrent, because th- so this is kind of the opposite side of this. Um, embrace whatever it is you don't, you know, if you don't like something that everybody else likes, embrace that. And then also, if something you find like silly or dumb or not polished enough. Or why, why are they doing that? They shouldn't do that. I feel like kids have this feeling a lot or, or teenagers might have it a lot. I feel like I still have moments of that where I'm like, what do they think they're doing? That judgment is such a giant arrow pointing to the judgment in yourself of the same exact instinct to judge yourself. So if you notice yourself saying that about somebody else's work, about something they put forth that is, that obviously requires vulnerability, and an investment of self, strive to find value in it. Because if they are offering something of self, you should appreciate it from just that place. Because to be unpopular, to be vulnerable, to be unlike everyone else is really brave. And it can be intensely scary. And when it comes to you, if you... Embrace the same things about yourself, that the things that you truly believe, even when it's not convenient and it makes you stick out. That is something that demands respect. And that is how you become a true leader. And at the very least, you become someone you feel good about being. You, be, you feel authentic in living as. In my opinion, authenticity and the audacity to try are the most sought after of all elixirs. Is what we, that's what we all need more of, not necessarily beauty or raw talent. It's authentic, authenticity and the audacity to try. Okay, the next tool, Flow River Flow. Um, this is inspired by a workshop I did a long time ago. And I'm putting this in here because I found it so hard um, I sh- it showed me really how stuck in my own body I was, like how inhibited I had become. So if you think about this, this river that's just flowing, that's creativity, the ability to just spontaneously be in your body and move freely. It's something that three-year-olds can do. Um, and it's something that a lot of adults cannot do. So this tool is quite literally to get you to practice being fluid with your body, being messy, out of control with your voice and your body, and just making organic movements and sounds. And (laughs) you might be hearing this and being like, I do not want to do that at all. That sounds terrible. Uh, Pay attention to that. If that's true, probably a good reason why your body is responding in that way. It feels kind of icky. It feels scary and weird. And dumb. I mean, those are just words that come to my mind. But like, that is what it elicits in a person who has been very conditioned by normalness, you know, but feeling tossed by the waves is scary. It's also liberating. And it's something I think we can practice and we'll open up more chambers in in our person. So I think if you're creatively blocked or just stuck in a conformed self, just start to make some free flowing movements. You don't have to do this right now. I'm doing it while I'm talking <laughs> because I'm trying to describe it. But if you can't, if you're driving, don't try and do it while you're driving. Just when you get to wherever you're going, just try and make some messy, silly movements. Do some shaking, some opposite kinds of tempo movements, jiggling, sweeping movements, and then also sounds nondescript sounds, nonsensical sounds, make them louder than you want to make them, make them weirder than you want to make them. And just try doing that for like, I'm going to give you two minutes and see how your energy feels after you do that. Um, imagine doing that in a room full of people you've never met. It, for me, I was like, I can't even fucking move my arms. Why my arms not moving? I felt so, it was like moving in cement. And I was like, wow, that is weird. Because if you picture a room full of three-year-olds doing this, they would be screaming. There would be so many weird sounds. It'd be very fun. So flow, river, flow. Next tool is called metal detector. We're looking for what feels hard. So to note, this is just for you to scan yourself in your life, maybe today, maybe in a journal. I want you to just scan yourself for whatever you are resistant to just see where you are stuck in your body and stuck in your mind. Somewhere there is cement in your person. And that is often where our self-awareness is getting in the way because shame contributes to burnout as does trauma. And they cost us so much executive functioning energy to just control, you know, just to keep ourselves together. We have this like kind of reflex to like, don't stray for you to hold it together. So you look when we can find resistance, it's a clue to what we need to pursue in order to grow. So you think you can think of this as taking self notes, you know, for identifying stuckness that may be unconscious. Um, For example, uh, let's, let's see if you like, For example, if something feels like that's going to be too hard, I'm not going to try that because that just feels like it's too hard. Or I don't really want to volunteer because I don't actually want to talk to people. Notice the inaction or the sluggishness is a form of resistance. Also procrastination is a form of resistance. Um, Anything that feels like it's really scary, basically thinking about yourself as a magnet That's pushing against the opposite magnet where it's like that feeling any, anywhere it's coming up in your life. um, Not wanting to try a certain kind of exercise, not feeling inclined to like, if something feels like it's going to take way too much effort, that's also an unconscious kind of form of resistance. Um, And usually it's something we just have to get over. You know, we have to muscle through that step in it just to get over that hurdle But usually what's underlying it, we think it's something very practical and like it's laziness. In reality, it's usually fear. And if we could just spot it and recognize it as that, it'll be much more um, easy to move through it, if that makes any sense. This is kind of a messy tool, apologies. I also want you to notice, take note, this is the other setting on this metal detector. Notice where you start to say things like, when when you start to say, I could do that, I could do that way better. Because you know what? You probably could. That's probably absolutely true. So just take that as fact. And then I want you to look at what could be the real reason you are not putting that self into action. Often also fear, just plain and simple I don't want the pain of the unpredictability. I don't, it's like, we don't want to jump in the cold water. I don't want that part though. That's the only reason I'm not doing it. I don't want to feel that way. So when you can make it that small, it's just this feeling I don't want, then you can actually plan for how you want to tackle it. You can start to force the next needed actions to move through it. Because in reality, as I said, you could probably really actually do that thing better. That's probably absolutely true. All right, next tool, the practical money squeezer. So this is the name of my monster. I want you to give your monster a name. Um, I had this experience while I was trying to draw yesterday. I used to draw for hours and hours and hours, just free form for no reason. And I had this experience yesterday where I had this monster, I'm calling it, saying to me, but what's the point? What's the aim? What are you trying to get out of this? And the answer is exactly. There is no aim and that must be okay. Creation itself is an act of play and experimentation and doubling back from trials and errors and sloppiness and making something bad and then making something kind of half good and then making something uh, that's a mess. This, that is a process that is the most fruitful of all. So name your monster. What is the creativity monster that's shouting shit at you while you are trying to play? What's what's the thing that's getting in the way? What does the voice say? For me, it's a practical money squeezer that's constantly judging this against some sort of function, some sort of use, like translating that time and energy into something that is a value in a monetary sense. Like, what are you hoping to gain from this? Absolutely nothing. Thank you. Goodbye. All right, the next tool, the ego versus the soul. This is a post-it illustration challenge. It doesn't have to be a post-it. I like post-its because they stick and then they're bright colored. So you see them and you remember them more viscerally, but that might make it in, into a kind of an officey assignment. Whatever you want to use, this is an illustration assignment for you. This is for you to remember what is important to the origin of you. And by that, I mean the little ember at the center of your core. So this sketch assignment, I just want, I want to invite you to interpret it yourself as some new metaphor. For me, it's kind of a tiny sparkle. And then there's a half circle with lots of eyes pointing outwards on the top half. And that is the ego. So the the thing you're depicting is just the ember versus the ego, the soul versus the ego, the soul's longings often conflict with that of the egos. And that is because the ego is taught by culture to want stuff, to conform, to be popular. But that thing, but all of those things being popular and conforming etc. aren't necessarily good or quality or special or rewarding or joyful. And I know that it's hard when the longings of the deep soul within you And the ego, when those things don't align, and it can make you feel like, you know, what you have to say or think isn't good enough, but it's more likely that you are just ahead of your time. Like if you're feeling like the popular does not align with what your soul has to say or what your soul wants to do, it might be because you haven't, you know, that thing will become popular in a century from now. (laughs) It's very likely. My point is, I just want you to remember that those, there's a thing that's outside of this need to be popular that's bigger, that is the thing you're trying to seek and listen to, to listen inward to right now. So that's it. Sketch it, whatever it looks like. All right. The next tool is called seek the intention. So that, by that, I mean the energy. The intention you have is everything. The intention is what it all mean. It translates into the quality of anything you ever do. So a lot of people, when you are looking at something and you're trying to judge it and its value, the truest judge of the value of anything is the intention, in my opinion. Why did the person make it? Where is it coming from? And the same goes for yourself. The truest value is the energy behind it. And so think about that when it comes from a gift or or you're deciphering a gift from somebody else, or when you're judging an artwork from somebody else or a song or a poem, what was their, what was their gift to you? What form would it come in? And I feel like that is what makes everything valuable is that energy. And I would think about that when you talk to other people as well. What is your intention for them? Is it to be supportive, to see them succeed? Is it to be a person who gives and makes things possible? That energy will translate to everything in your world. All right, the last tool I have is a, a practice. This is a, a little fun activity. It'll take a, a good chunk of time, so you might want to write this one down. This is a practice from a couple who did – I did a training with them a, a long time ago, and their website is no longer active, and I cannot find their info online, but a shout-out to Aaron and Natan, wherever you are. It's a the husband-and-wife therapist team who uh, work on topics such as burnout – so this is an exercise they had us do, and I thought it was amazing, so I'm offering it to you. So the first step in this is I want you to answer this question in your journal. What did you used to do for hours or days as a child that you have not done in a very long time? Next question I want you to answer in your journal. What is a question you have about your current path? What is a worry you have about your current path. All right. End of journaling section. The second half of the exercise, I want you to grab an image from a book or a magazine from at random, just something that you are attracted to that has magnets for you. And whatever it is, I want you to look at that image and I want you to ask, this is a writing exercise. I want you to ask that image. What are you here to tell me? Just ask it to speak to you as if it was an anthropomorphized, maybe it's a person. Ask that, that figure to tell you as though they were speaking to you in the room. Like, what are you here to tell me about myself? Next, I want you to ask the image, who are you to me? What is your name or title? So quite literally, give it a, a title as if it was an archetype or a figure in myth, Or it can be any kind of silly name. It doesn't have to make any sense. Next, I want you to ask this image. What qualities do you possess? Next, I want you to ask it. What gift of insight do you bring to my question? And that is the current path question. So allow yourself to just not edit as you write. Just allow anything to come out on the paper. Even if it's something you're going to tear up and throw away in the trash, just allow whatever it is to come out and then put it away when you're done and read it at least a day later. And that's it. So I hope you liked all these tools. I mean, the short, condensed version of this episode comes to this. Exhaustion, feels like we have no energy, but burnout feels like we have no meaning. And this is a stage when we are in our winter, we must allow the renewal process to take its time. And this is an internal process of resting, allowing, playing, and you must be very gentle with yourself. You you have to allow yourself to reemerge and feel safe, feel secure. And with that, you will experience this spirit of fertility, of inspiration, of hope and newness. The void stage is a part of the process of discovery, of self-discovery and rebirth. And it can hurt and it can make us feel lost, like our passion is gone, like our life's purpose is gone. It can make things feel meaningless. But this process is what allows new ideas to form and for us to make new meaning in our lives. And if we can respect this need and yearning in ourselves and listen inward, we create from a place that inspires others. It brings great value to the rest of the world. And we need more of our own unique value in this world, in a space where things are replicas and everyone is being told to be like everyone else. When arts are being taken from schools, when fear and pressure make people wanna quote live up to a very bland norm. We need you to be yourself so we too can be ourselves. So I hope this is very helpful. And I want before I close, I want to thank my latest sponsors. I have so many new sponsors, it's so exciting. A new monthly sponsor, Melissa, thank you so very much. And a new sponsor, Sarah and Kendra, thank you guys so very much. And a donation from Melinda, thank you so very much. And new monthly sponsors, Christina, thank you, Christina. And Taylor, a new Patreon sponsor, thank you so very much. You're so helpful to this show, and I appreciate you very much. And if anyone out there has the means, the donations really help me out. If you don't, I totally understand. Reviews on iTunes are awesome. I love reading them as well. And if not, if you could just share it with someone that it It could help. I would appreciate that as well. So in closing, the hardest part of existing in that barren state when nothing flows, the death, the void before the new creation born, is just the feeling. But the most important thing is to not misinterpret it as a result of you or your talent or your potential or your voice. All of that is still there. It's, it's just, uh, this is just is. is the same as needing sleep at night, or the same as mourning a loss, or digesting a major change. It's just a necessary step of processing. And when we can give ourselves acceptance and accept the stage, that supports the process of renewal. Condemnation, on the other hand, never has a positive effect when it's applied to yourself or any other. So rest here now and begin your journey inward. Begin the quest for what is next, for what is calling, and know that this quest itself is the process of renewal. This is the juice of creativity. Even though it feels hard and blunt and dark and vague or painful or frustrating, you can think of this as the night that falls between two days you are moving toward that inevitable light once again and if you would like some more beautiful Jungian poetry or a book about honoring your calling I'm going to put some recommended reading links in the show notes um one from Parker J. Palmer. one from uh Pinkola Estes PhD and I send my love to you who are feeling you are stunted or feeling that loss of meaning as you begin your journal journey journey and know that I'm traveling with you. And this is when more possibility opens within us. So we just have to stop banging our head on the wall and instead allow us ourselves to laugh, to play and to be frivolous and to allow rather than to force. So I did want to just leave you with a very short meditation one thing I like to do is set themes for the day. And I do this in the morning when I am as close to a dream state as possible. And it's usually just three or so words that you want to bring forth in your day. So close your eyes and invite three words into your day. That's all. And I'm going to throw out a few of my favorites in case they, they feel good to you. Clarity. Fruition. Possibility. Satisfaction, yay, or even holy fucking shit, that's awesome. So, whatever you want to call forth in your day, just picture and emphasize three words and smile.